Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Doug Krisner in New York, 47 past the hour now. Want to get you caught up on market action. We are brought to you by CBOE VIX Options and Futures. You know, volatility can be harnessed with CBOE VIX Options and Futures. You can see disclosures and learn more. It's all at CBOE.com slash Powerful Outcomes VIXed. At the end of the day, it proved to be uh, kind of a mixed session for the equity market, although it was a cautious tone of trading throughout the entire day. The Dow ended down uh, less than one-tenth of one percent. Home Depot, really the reason that we saw weakness in the industrial average. Home Depot shares got hit for about two and a half percent. That was after uh, the day's housing data showed that supply is so low and prices are rising, it's really brought up this issue of affordability and the extent to which people may have uh, sums to invest in kind of tweak in their homes. S&P 500 index better by two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ composite on the back of uh, some strength in tech today. Over-the-counter composite was up by about one-half of one percent. Also weak in addition to Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond. Those shares were down 12 percent, the lowest level we've seen in 12 years after a surprising decline in sales. So the combination of the Home Depot and the BBBY Weighing on the S&P Consumer Discretionary Index, it broke below or was held below, I should say, the 50-day moving average for a second session. U.S. 10-year Treasury last quoted in New York at a yield of 2.14%, and we had crude stabilizing a bit. We held right around 43 the barrel, but for the week, crude oil in New York down by 4%. All right, you're caught up on markets. Let's send things over to uh, Carol and Corey. Thank you very much, Doug. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. This is your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. More challenges for would-be home buyers, but some good news for sellers. The National Association of Realtors says inventory of existing properties for sale fell 8.4% in May from a year ago. Lawrence Yoon is chief economist at the association. The housing recovery is ongoing, uh, but there is a lack of inventory, a shortage of housing supply, and that is continuing to push up home values. And Yoon says it looks like things may get worse for home buyers. The builders are not building enough home uh, in relation to the job growth that we are experiencing in the country. Uh, and if this housing shortage condition continues, that means that affordability challenges will become more acute. Home prices last month climbed nearly 6% from a year ago to a record of a median $252,800. And that's your Bloomberg Real Estate Report. I'm Denise Pellegrini. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. the high seas cruising. That's what uh, Ritz-Carlton is doing. Nikki Eckstein is reporter at Bloomberg Pursuits in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. What exactly are they doing? Well, they're actually becoming the first hotel company to launch a cruise line. So for the first time ever, you're going to be able to book a vacation on land and at sea with the same company. So in other words, you do some land time and then you do some sea time, or how does this work? Well, generally when you book a cruise, you have to fly to a port, right? So maybe you're going to be flying to Barcelona before a Mediterranean cruise. You can stay at the Ritz-Carlton there, then jump on this beautiful ship, which they're building to be a very small cruiser that looks more like a yacht with really, really phenomenal design standards that look a little bit more like their hotels than the traditional cruise ship. 
Um, that's really interesting. Uh, is, is it, so the design of the of the the, the interior of the ship is, is very different. Yeah, I mean, compared to anything that I've ever seen before, these ships are really game changing. They really put a premium on on spaciousness on design standards that you wouldn't expect in a cruise ship, but you would expect in a hotel. So think double vanities in the bathrooms, big writing desks, balconies and verandas in all of the rooms, taller ceilings. They're actually really hard to accomplish in cruise setups, but they've done that. And that's kind of Sounds interesting. Nicer. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of the marina bar. Oh, yeah, that's something that they copied that's out of on a bunch the ship? of super yachts. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I don't know if it was related to what we're doing on the radio right now or not, Carol. What? I, 4.45 on a Friday. I figured, you know, we're not 4.51. Doing, we're You're not, just looking at a picture of a bar somewhere. <laughs> we're not doing the marina bar. No, you know what? It does. It, it looks either like an upscale resort or you're right. It looks like a really nice, you know, kind of private yacht amenity. Absolutely. I mean, they really wanted to take a page from two sources of inspiration. They looked at a couple of super yachts that are really on the premium, premium end of the yacht market. And they also looked at Maserati and they said, when people look at a Maserati, they kind of want to see what's inside. They see these sleek lines. And, and you know, if you don't know what a Maserati looks like on the inside, but you see it on the street, you say, wow, that car must be beautiful on the inside. That's kind of the effect that they were going after. All right. Let's go through some specifics. So how, this, this yacht, this uh, cruise line, how many can it hold? So it's a 300-passenger ship, which is actually quite, quite small, even by small ship cruising standards. Yeah, typically there are 1,000, 2,000, right? Those are some some bigger ships, yeah. yes, 1,000 to 2,000, but even when you're talking about small ships, it's about 650 to 750. This is about half that. Um, wh- talk to me about sort of like price and everything. I mean, it just seems like uh, cruises aren't cheap as it is. That's true, and they're definitely competing with the most high-end of cruise operators. So while Ritz-Carlton hasn't released their exact itineraries and price points just yet, the ships will start sailing in 2019. Um, we do know that this is going to be a premium product. They're spending an alleged $200 million per boat, and the competitors generally tend to sell their itineraries for about $4,000 in the Caribbean for about a week um, and up to $10,000 in Europe. So we can expect prices in that range. And the all-you-can-eat buffet, oh, my God. No, well, I'm there curious. is none. There <laughs> That's is what none. I figured. The, the dining concepts here are all done by Michelin-starred chefs. It's all very small and intimate. There's no assigned seating time, no casino, no buffet, nothing that you have to wait in a line for. It's really meant to put the cruise ship model on its head. How big a market size is this? It's actually a really robust market. I mean, we're talking 300 passengers a couple times a year, right? The CEO of Ritz-Carlton tells me that he only needs 12,000 people to fill the ship for the entire year. But Ritz-Carlton has a built-in loyalty base, right? Wait, wait, wait. If you can do three, 300 people each time the, the ship goes out, yep. 12,000 people a year. Exactly. It's not that many people. And what they've told me is that because Ritz-Carlton is part of Marriott, they have all of this data that that they collect through their loyalty programs, and they know that 400,000 of their most loyal users are cruisers. Really? So 12,000 people is not a lot. But it, but it means they have to be sold out every week, right? If I if it's 300 a week for a trip? Yeah. I mean, they and might do the not sell right? every single week of the year, but yeah. yeah, if you do the math, it adds up to 12,000 passengers. Right. And they've got this built-in customer base 
Plus, the cruising market's really robust, and it's growing year over year in really staggering proportions. Yeah, I've talked a fair amount with the, the folks over at Carnival, and they have a bunch of different lines from kind of the entry level Absolutely. to all the way up, you know, people who are willing to spend more, and it's a smaller ship, so it is kind of interesting. So it's just a design at this point, right? Well, they're actually building the ships now, so okay. there there are real ships, but they're not finished yet. So Ritz-Carlton is at the stage in the process where the ships are being built in the shipyard, and they're starting to think about the nitty-gritty details. The floor plans are set. The main partnerships are set. Um, and now it's really about just getting them done. Um, the, where will this, these cruises go? They're going to be cruising. The first two ships in what will be initially a three-ship collection will be sailing the Caribbean in the wintertime and the Mediterranean and Europe in um, in the summertime, which is pre- pretty conventional as far as destinations go in time of year. But they're going to be hitting up really interesting ports that the larger commercial ships can't fit into. So think um, St. Bart's in the Caribbean versus, you know, a, a much more tried and true or, um, or St. Tropez. Or, um, or Portofino, that kind of thing. I think really we should investigate this to make sure this is all true. Here, <laughs> Sounds like Bloomberg Markets needs to go on the road. Um, I'm with you. <laughs> deal. Done. Nikki Eckstein. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. Reporter at Bloomberg Pursuits, Bloomberg 1130 Studio in New York. Uh, you can go to Bloomberg.com for more pursuits. Also check it out on the new Bloomberg Business Week, uh, which you can catch on radio, on TV, and online. Corey Johnson, what a week. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's what I get. All right, everybody. This is Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio.